And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America first perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes. Shoot me an email. The address is rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. Or you can call our vent line and get something off your chest at 772-245-0750. That number for the vent line is 772-245-0750. So after spending the whole weekend trashing these two war fighters... Uh, these military men in uniform that uh, President Trump pardoned, the uh, the Democrats and their mouthpieces in the media spun around on their heels and decided yesterday that you are not allowed to question any man in uniform. You're not even allowed to try to elicit information from him. So you've got the, these two war fighters that were over there in Afghanistan in a combat situation that the uh, the brass sitting you know behind the the lines wanted to second guess on their frontline decisions when they're, uh, you know, fighting for their lives and that of their men. And, uh, and, and, and the media and the Democrats were perfectly willing to attack Donald Trump for returning these men to their families after uh, they were, in my opinion, quite obviously uh, wrongly prosecuted. One of them had already spent seven years in jail for uh, what, at, at its very worst, could be uh, construed as a, a mistaken judgment in a uh, highly um, uh, pressurized conflict. But now, and, and as I say, the Democrats and the mainstream media, including Joe Biden and other Democrat candidates, condemned Donald Trump for issuing these pardons, which were perfectly reasonable, and I didn't hear any of them react this way when Barack Obama uh, pardoned Chelsea Bradley Manning, who was, in fact, a traitor and had served just about or, or less time than this uh, this honorable warfighter uh, that uh, Trump had pardoned. But now they're telling us, oh, you're not allowed to ever question a man in uniform, you're not even allowed to uh, pose tough uh, questioning to him because that is somehow, um, you know, disrespecting the military. So you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this uh, this hearing yesterday where they brought forward this Lieutenant Colonel Vindeman. He was uh, also on a panel that included Jennifer Williams, who is a uh, – a, an aide to the vice president's staff. Vindman is on the national security council heading up, according to him, our Ukraine policy. And, uh, and he is, as was suspected quite clearly. Now, uh, the, the guy that leaked this information to the whistleblower. And what you need to know about that is, uh, the whistleblower's complaint said that the president demanded that 
uh, the Ukrainian president engage in these investigations. It said that uh, Trump pressed him on it again and again, and that he mentioned Biden's name eight times. Well, apparently, Veneman never expected the president to actually release this transcript because it showed that none of that took place. Veneman is trying to characterize uh, the the fact that the president asked for a favor as a demand. But even if you took his word at that, this demand didn't appear repeatedly. It was a one time in a passing sentence. And Joe Biden's name was mentioned. Well, Joe Biden's name wasn't mentioned once. The Biden name was, uh, was mentioned one time in reference to Hunter Biden. But during yesterday's hearing, it became clearer and clearer that this lieutenant colonel is totally unaware of his role in carrying out the president's foreign policy and believes that the president is required to, to comply with this interagency consensus on our foreign policy. And Veneman is very butthurt that the POTUS was interfering in uh, Vindman and the interagency consensus and their foreign policy preferences. And what you really had here emerging throughout the day was a, a guy that is a rank insubordinate who has stepped forward uh, and through his leaks to this so-called whistleblower allowed himself to be used for blatantly partisan attacks on his commander-in-chief. And I know he was wearing the uniform. I've worn the uniform. I've operated in, uh, you know, theaters of uh, hostilities. And I'll just say it. Vindman brought dishonor on himself and the uniform yesterday, coming up there and and attacking the commander-in-chief like he did. Vindman is Exhibit A on exactly why insubordination is a violation of the Uniform Code of Military Justice. He says Trump's policy was inappropriate but not illegal. Well, his job is not to determine whether or not the president's policy is inappropriate. If it's legal, then it's Veneman's job to execute lawful directions from the commander-in-chief not to second-guess and undermine them and start running around and leaking uh, uh, exaggerated claims to to uh, these partisans that obviously he trusted that can then turn around and leak them to the press through this whistleblower complaint. Now, this guy, Veneman's, office at the national security council should have been cleared out while he was up there testifying this guy should be reassigned to latrine duty somewhere in antarctica if he it can be proven through an investigation that he was the source of of this leak to the whistleblower he claims that the uh, whistleblower had uh, clearance. He did have clearance. If it's the guy everybody has identified, who I can't say his name any longer because as soon as I do, they pull my shows down off of Facebook and and YouTube. As a matter of fact, I think my YouTube channel 
may be disabled at this point. If you go, if you uh, listen to this show on YouTube and you can't get it, you'll know why. Um, I guess you won't be hearing me at right now if that's the case, but I wasn't able to get logged onto my channel this morning. Yeah, um, Vindman, if if he, well, first of all, I, I think he may be subject to court-martial just for insubordination. But if he uh, leaked these fantasized versions of this call to the whistleblower and the whistleblower didn't have a need to know, he should be a court-martial for that as well. This whistleblower complaint is not at all consistent with this transcript. And Vindman himself said at one point during his testimony that the transcript was um, was accurate. Um, I want to go to the White House readout from the April 21st call. And at the I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you see the highlighted portion where it says root out corruption. Yes. So in, in the end, this readout was false. Is that right? That's, that's, maybe that's a bit of a, uh, it, it's not entirely accurate, but uh, I'm not sure if I would describe it as false. It's not entirely accurate, but I'm not sure I would describe it as false. He, he's saying that because he knows that the other people were listening in on the call that, uh, that have already testified that it was an accurate representation of the call, but he's trying to reconcile that with this fictionalized version that he gave to the whistleblower. There was a, a lot of talk in yesterday's uh, hearing about, uh, you know, protecting the identity of the whistleblower. Of course, we know why they're protecting the identity of the whistleblower is because they don't want the whistleblower to be called and ask about his coordination with Schiff's uh, staff and this resistance law firm that's been trying to gin up a case for an impeachment coup since before Trump even took office. Ranking member, per the advice of my counsel and the instructions from the chairman, I've been advised not to provide any specifics on who I've spoken to with inside the intelligence community. What I can offer is that these were properly cleared individuals or was a properly cleared individual with a need to know. Well, this is, uh, I mean, you can really, you can plead the fifth, but you're here to answer questions and you're here under subpoena. Uh, so you can either answer the question or you can plead the fifth. Uh, excuse me. Uh, on behalf of my client, we are uh, following the rule of the committee, the rule of the chair with regard to this issue. And this does not call for an answer that is invoking the fifth or any theoretical issue like that. We're following the ruling of the chair. What, Counselor, what ruling is that? Uh, if I could interject, counsel is correct. Whistleblower has the right, statutory right to anonymity. These proceedings will not be used to out the whistleblower. Schiff just lied to you right there. This, the whistleblower is not entitled by statute to anonymity. The, uh, the inspector general of the intelligence community is uh, not allowed to leak the whistleblower's name. But now that the whistleblower's name is in the public domain, there is nothing whatsoever to keep me from talking about it, to keep members of 
Republican members of the committee from talking about it, to keep the press from talking about it. We are literally entering into some sort of Orwellian version uh, of of free speech where you're not allowed to talk about facts that are inconvenient to the, uh, to the Democrats. There is no reason whatsoever at this point to hide the identity of the whistleblower. And I guarantee you the day after this, uh, this impeachment sham ends, this whistleblower will be on all of the morning news shows. He will be the toast of the town in Washington, DC. His name will be splattered all over the New York Times and the Washington Post with these glowing, uh, uh, long-winded renditions of what a heroic person he is. He'll get a six-figure book deal. And, uh, and he can't wait for that to happen. So Vindman, uh, you know, he was one of apparently three people that listened to this call, and he decided that it was improper. I was concerned by the call. What I heard was inappropriate, and I reported my concerns to Mr. Eisenberg. It is improper for the President of the United States to demand a foreign government investigate a U.S. citizen and a political opponent. How has Vindman determined that this is improper? There's nothing illegal about it. It's a perfectly legitimate concern of the sitting President of the United States whether or not the previous vice president engaged in corruption in the Ukraine, especially when that that former vice president is a leading candidate for the presidency. Certainly it's not uh, improper for the president to want to get to the bottom of Ukraine's involvement in the 2016 election that the Democrats are now pretending never happened. They're trying to memory hole a whole body of reporting of Ukraine's interference on behalf of Hillary Clinton in 2016. That, that effort was not a secret. The ambassador, the Ukraine ambassador in Washington, was writing op-eds slamming Donald Trump. Ministers in the Ukrainian government were uh, giving interviews that, uh, that the Ukrainians supported Hillary Clinton. The, the, uh, the so-called dossier was heavily sourced by Christopher Steele from the Ukraine. So Veneman decides it's improper, and then he runs off and tells the whistleblower, whose name I'm apparently not allowed to use without getting you know my, uh, my channels for you to be able to listen to this taken down, he didn't tell his boss about his concerns about this improper call, but he somehow found time to tell the whistleblower. Uh, Colonel Vindman, um, why didn't you go after the call? Why didn't you go to uh, Mr. Morrison? I went immediately per the, uh, per the instructions from the July 10th uh, incident. I met, went immediately to um, Mr. Eisenberg. After that... Once I made that, uh, my, uh, expressed my concerns, it was an extremely busy week. We had a, a PCC just finished, we had the call, and then we had a deputies meeting. I was so busy that I could not tell my direct supervisor, but I had time to phone uh, the whistleblower and tell him my fictionalized version of the call.
which consumed all of my time. I was working extremely long days. I attempted to try to communicate. To, uh, I, I, I managed to speak to two folks in the interagency. I attempted to try to talk to Mr. Morrison. That didn't happen before I received instructions from uh, John Eisenberg to not talk to anybody else any further. So the lawyer, you not only didn't go to your boss, you said you tried, but you didn't go to your boss. You went straight to the lawyer, and the lawyer told you not to go to your boss? He, no, he didn't tell me until uh, uh, what ended up unfolding is I had the conversation with the attorney. I did my coordination, my core function, which is coordination. I spoke to the appropriate people within the interagency. And then circling back around, Mr. Eisenberg came back to me and told me not to talk to anybody I'm going to read from the transcript here. Why didn't you go to your direct report, Mr. Morrison? Your response was, this page 102, because Mr. Eisenberg had told me to take my concerns to him. Then I ask you, did, did Mr. Eisenberg tell you not to report, to go around Mr. Morrison? And you said, actually, he did say that I shouldn't talk to any other people. Is that right? Yes, but there's a whole, there's a, a period of time in there between when I spoke to him and when he circled back around. It wasn't that long a period of time, but it was enough time for me to... Enough time to go to talk to someone that you won't tell us who it is, right? I, I, I've been instructed not to, um, Representative Jordan. Well, here's what I'm getting. The lawyer told you don't talk to any other people, and you interpret that as not talking to your boss, but... You talk to your brother, you talk to the lawyers, you talk to Secretary Kent, and you talk to the one guy Adam Schiff won't tell you, won't let us, uh, won't let you tell yeah, us, uh, he us had, who he, he is. Yeah, he had lots of time to talk to a lot of people except for his direct boss who had, who was also on the call and maybe wouldn't be as receptive to these, uh, to these uh, harebrained lies that Vindeman was telling the whistleblower. We got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Mojo. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. So later on in the day, um, Benman's boss, uh, Morrison, testified and and he uh, he said that he was he's only been in the job at the at the point this call happened about 10 days but he said that he was warned by the uh, by his uh, predecessor about Vindeman. you indicated in your deposition that um, when you took over the portfolio uh, for dr hill july 15th uh, you were alerted to potential issues in colonel Vindman's judgment Yes. Did she relay anything specific to you, specifically to you? Why she thought that? Not, not as such. It was more of a overarching statement from her and um, her deputy, who became my deputy, that um, they had concerns about judgment. Okay. Um, did, did any other NSC personnel raise concerns with you about Mr. Vinman? Yes. Or, I'm sorry, Colonel Vinman. Um, 
Well, during the deposition, I asked you, Mr. Morrison, whether others raised the concern that Mr. Colonel Vindman may have leaked information. You, you did ask that, yes. Yeah, and your answer was? Others have represented that, yes. Okay. Um, and I asked you whether you were concerned Colonel Vindman uh, did not keep you in the loop at all times with, with his official duties? Yes. Um, and, in fact, when he went to the National Security Council lawyers following the July 25th call, he did not first come to you. Is that correct? Correct. And you were his um, supervisor in the chain of command, correct? Correct. And in hindsight, did you w wish that he had come to you first before going to the lawyers? Yes. Uh, and why is that? One, if, if he had concerns about something about the content of the call, that's something I would have expected to have been notified of. I, I also think just as a matter of practice, since we both went to the lawyers, we didn't necessarily both need to, and uh, economy of effort may have prevailed. Okay. Um, at any point subsequently, did, did he become frustrated that he felt cut out of some, some of the Ukraine portfolio? Yes. Um, and what was the nature of his concerns? Well, he... I think the easiest way to say it is he was concerned with respect to, for example, the Ukraine trip uh, that he was not, uh, um, he did not go. Um, he asked me why uh, it was my practice to have uh, a number of the conversations with Ambassador Taylor one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and there were certain other matters. Vindman allowed himself to be used as a tool for the Democrats in this impeachment uh, charade. He, he came in there in a full-dress uniform. Um, demanding at one point uh, that I think it was um, Devin Nunes refer to him by his rank. Mr. Vindman, you testified in your deposition that you did not know the whistleblower. Uh, rank member, it's uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, please. Uh, Le Lieutenant uh, Colonel Vindman. Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, you know, um, it, is, uh, it is polite to call somebody by their rank, but there is absolutely no requirement, and there is nothing... Um, uh, rude or inappropriate at all about calling the military officer in uniform mister. As a matter of fact, uh, on a ship where I did a lot of my service, uh, it was customary for uh, officers to address each other as mister. And uh, Vinman demanding uh, to be called, uh, you know, uh, lieutenant colonel and correcting a, uh, a sitting congressman is a really douchebag move and that's not just my opinion you can find military um personnel all over social media saying you know, what a jerk he was for doing that but Vindman was very upset that uh, trump didn't use his talking points in other words, they're based on official U.S. policy? Correct. And is there a process to determine official U.S. policy? Yes. Uh, that is my job is to coordinate U.S. policy. So throughout the preceding year that I've been on, on staff, uh, I had undertaken an effort to make sure we had a cohesive, coherent U.S. policy. And as you listened to the call, did you observe whether President Trump was following the talking points based on the official U.S. policy? Counsel, uh, the, the president could choose to um, use the talking points or not. He's the president, but they were not consistent with what I provided. Yes. Well, 
we know why Vindman got butthurt over this. He wasn't, uh, Trump wasn't sticking to his script. Vindman thinks that he sets foreign policy and that the president is there to abide by it. And when he didn't, all butthurt, he called the whistleblower and started this whole impeachment frenzy all over again. We've got to run out to a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this and then we'll get on to other topics. Stick with us. Right here on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. A daily journal of news, politics, and culture. From an America First perspective. So, Vindman claims that the president demanded that the Ukrainian president engage in these investigations which I will say again and again, neither of which I consider at all inappropriate. But Denman was upset about it, and he ran off to the whistleblower to tell him his fantasies of how Donald Trump had uh, pressed him again and again and how crazy the call was. If you read the whistleblower's complaint, which apparently was drafted from the leak that came from Alexander Vindman, and you compare it to the trans actual transcript of the call, they are, they are diametrically opposed. And Nancy Pelosi began this whole impeachment effort based on the whistleblower's complaint, which we now know is a fictionalized version directly from Alexander Vindeman. But we're not allowed to talk to the whistleblower about his coordination with uh, Schiff or the, the uh, resistance law firm. And any mention of it is immediately... Um, just, just, uh, spiked here's Schiff doing his best to run interference for the whistleblower. Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, did you discuss the July 25th phone call with anyone outside the white house on July 25th or the 26th? And if so, with whom? Yes, I did. Uh, my core function is to coordinate U.S. government policy, interagency policy, and I spoke to two individuals with regards to um, providing a some some sort of readout of the call. 
some sort two individuals of that were not in the White House. Not in the White House. Cleared U.S. government officials with a, uh, with a appropriate need to know. And what agencies uh, were these officials with? Department of State, um, Department of State uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary George Kent, who is responsible for the uh, the, the portfolio, uh, Eastern Europe, including Ukraine, and a individual from the office of. Uh, uh, an individual in the intelligence community. Uh, what, uh, as you know, the intelligence community has 17 different agencies. Uh, what agency was this individual from? If I could interject here, uh, we don't want to use these it's proceedings. Our, it's our time, I know, Chair. but we need to protect the whistleblower. We need to protect the whistleblower. Why do we need to protect the whistleblower? Why are we so determined not to hear from the whistleblower? Everybody knows who he is at this point. The guy who has been identified as this, whose name may not be spoken because we live in this Orwellian age, has not come forward and denied that it's him. He'll be all over the news as soon as uh, as soon as this impeachment charade is over with. Vinman told him um, the the president demanded it repeatedly. It was crazy call. One of the uh, Republicans asked Vindman. If he'd ever heard uh, any complaints from the Ukrainians about this call. Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, did you discuss the July 25th phone call with anyone outside the White House on July 25th or the 26th? And if so, with whom? Yes, I did. Uh, My core function is to coordinate. Sorry, wrong clip. Here we go. Colonel Vindman, you testified that the president, President Trump's request for a favor from President Zelensky would be considered as a demand uh, to President Zelensky. After this call, um, did you ever hear from any Ukrainians, either in the United States or Ukraine, about any pressure that they felt to do these investigations that President Trump demanded? Not that I can recall. Not that I can recall. So, you know, I'm just wondering, I'm, I'm trying to get a, a feel for these new rules that the Democrats and the whistleblower and Vindman insist that we operate under because Vindman is, uh, you know, uh, must be his, his policy preferences must be adhered to. So going forward is, uh, is the president of the United States required to clear his foreign policy decisions through Vindman to avoid, avoid impeachment? Does the whistleblower also have to sign off? I'm just, like I said, I'm just trying to understand these new rules because now a lieutenant colonel operating inside the White House, if he doesn't like the tone of a a presidential phone call with a foreign head of state or thinks it might be inappropriate, he can run off and, and conduct leaks to kickstart an impeachment effort and you won't even be allowed to explore who he leaked it to or why or what that person did with it. Uh, Jim Jordan, who is probably the most effective questioner for the uh, Republicans, despite not being a lawyer himself, uh, sort of summarizes kind of a long clip just exactly what's going on here. The truth is, the attacks actually started before 
before the inauguration, even before the election. The ranking member talked about this, his opening statement, July 2016. FBI opens an investigation, so-called Trump-Russia coordination collusion, which was never there. Open an investigation spied on two American citizens associated with the presidential campaign. My guess is that's probably never happened in American history, but they did it. And for 10 months, Jim Comey's FBI investigated the president. Guess what? After 10 months, they had nothing. And you know why we know that? Because when we deposed Mr. Comey last Congress, he told us they didn't have a thing. No matter. Special Counsel Mueller gets appointed. And they do a two-year, $40 million, 19-lawyer, unbelievable investigation. And guess what? They come back, and they got nothing. But the Democrats don't care. So now we get this. Bunch of depositions in the bunker in the basement of the Capitol. Witnesses who aren't allowed to answer questions about who they talked to about the phone call. We get this. All based on some anonymous whistleblower no first-hand knowledge, bias against the president. These facts have never changed. We learned these right away. Who worked with Vice President Biden, who wrote a memo the day after somebody talked to him about the call, but waited 18 days to file a complaint. 18 days to file a complaint. What did he do in those 18 days? We all know. Ran off and talked with Chairman Schiff's staff. And then hired, hired the legal team that I just talked about that I just talked about, one of the steps in the whole impeachment coup, as his legal team has said. This is scary what these guys are putting our country through. It is, it is, it is sad, it is scary, it is wrong. And the good news is, the American people see through it all. They know the facts are on the president's side. As Representative Stefanik said, four facts will never change. You know, I think this is all uh, an... Uh, an effort at damage control. I think the Democrats know how corrupt Joe Biden and John Kerry's protege, um, Devin Archer, were and other Democrat cronies, including Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation, were in the Ukraine. And uh, when they heard that the president was looking into this and they knew that Bill Barr and uh, John Durham we're looking into the origins of the Russiagate hoax. And after uh, Robert Mueller's whole special counsel witch hunt had come a cropper, the very next day they went back on the offense and launched this impeachment effort by coordinating with the whistleblower. One of the really um, scary things that emerged yesterday when you're trying to discern what might be the motivations of Alexander Vindeman and all of this is it came out that the Ukrainians thought so much of Alexander Vindeman and his loyalty to their cause that they in fact offered him the job of defense minister for Ukraine duties. Okay. Um, when you were, you, you went to Ukraine for the, uh, inauguration, correct. May 20th. At any point during that trip, did Mr. Danny look offer you a position of defense minister with the Ukrainian government? He did. And how many times did he do that? I believe it was uh, three times. And do you have any reason why he, he asked you to do that? Uh, I don't know, but uh, I don't every know. single time I dismissed it. Um, upon returning, I notified my chain of command and the um, 
the um, appropriate uh, counterintelligence folks about this the offer. I mean, Ukraine's a country that's experienced a, a war uh, with Russia. Certainly, their Minister of Defense is a pretty key position yeah. for the Ukrainians. President Zelensky, uh, Mr. Daniluk, to um, bestow that honor on you, at least asking you. I mean, that, that was a big honor, correct? I, I think it would be a great honor, and frankly, I'm aware of service members that have left service uh, to help uh, nurture the developing democracies in that part of the world, certainly in the Baltics, former officers, and if I recall correctly, it was an Air Force officer that became uh, uh, Minister of Defense. Well, other than Tucker Carlson's show last night, that uh, that little nugget of information got very little play because that, uh, that's a real head-scratcher. Where did the Ukrainians get the idea that Alexander Vindeman, a lieutenant colonel, working in the you know staff of the National Security Council, where did they get the idea that he would be interested in being their defense minister? The Ukraine thought enough of Alexander Vindman's loyalties that they offered him to coordinate their uh, battle against Russia? And Vindman mentioned there that another uh, military officer had left to be the Secretary of Defense in one of the other Baltic nations. I'm not sure which one that is, but that's something that certainly ought to concern people. Why are military, and I, I guarantee you that that other Air Force officer that he mentioned wasn't a lieutenant colonel. He may have been a general or an admiral, or, or uh, he said he was Air Force, so he would have been a, uh, a general. But, um, you know, it, 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 it may explain a lot about how we've gotten bogged down in these, uh, these wars in Eastern uh, Europe and the Balkans inflaming a, another Cold War against Russia when you've got um, countries like the Ukraine offering the defense minister's job to a, uh, a relatively junior U.S. Army officer. I think that uh, that whole thing <laughs> needs to be looked into a lot further. Uh, actually, I would say just based on Vindman's behavior in this episode, that they're really fortunate, the Ukraine is, that Vindman declined their offer because Vindman appears to me to be just the kind of military officer that would launch a coup if he disagreed with an elected government. He he doesn't understand the Western history that the military is subordinate to the civilian leadership that are elected. we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to hear from uh, a few more clips from yesterday's hearing and then we'll get on to other news stick with us we'll be right back as you make plans this season consider convenient covid19 testing from quest get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. 
So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. So Nancy Pelosi sent a letter to her Democrat caucus, a dear colleague letter, um, trying to buck them up because these impeachment hearings are going so bad. Uh, most people have tuned out long ago. They realize that, you know, this is just a bunch of um, foreign policy diplomats and bureaucrats arguing over differences of, of opinion with a, a president that we elected to go to Washington, D.C. and be disruptive. I don't think we ought to be um, getting involved in the Ukraine at all myself. I think that is uh, provoking a conflict with Russia that uh, is unproductive. We have basically forced Russia into the arms of China, and uh, and we're going to have to deal with the fallout of all of this at some point. But Nancy uh, sent in this letter, she said, the facts are uncontested. The president abused his power for his own personal political benefit at the expense of our national security interests. Well, uh, you know, if you get to frame a question, you can find the answer that you want. And while uh, an investigation into the origins of the 2016 interference in the Ukraine and uh, and Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's corruption in the Ukraine may, as uh, you know, a, a secondary effect benefit Trump politically. Anything that Trump does for the good of the nation would benefit him politically. But first and foremost, it's in the national interest to make sure that a country that we're aligning ourselves with and sending four hundred million dollars of American taxpayer money to be spent on lethal aid, not be interfering in our elections and not uh, not be covering up the corruption in the previous administration. But Nancy goes on to say uh, the weak response to these hearings have been let the election decide. Well, yeah, let's let the American voters decide, but that's not what Nancy wants. She goes on to say, that this dangerous position only adds to the urgency of our actions because the president is jeopardizing the integrity of the 2020 elections, he says. Well, I mean, it's quite clear who's playing politics here. The Democrats look at their their uh, clown car of presidential candidates, realize that they're in big trouble, and so they're going to try to to take this president out either through an impeachment or to make him unelectable, to drive down his approval ratings. It's having just the opposite effect. Independents have, in fact, uh, been turning against this impeachment effort, realizing that there really is no there there. But she insists, she says in the letter, in fact, the aid was only released after the whistleblower exposed the truth of the extortion and bribery. And that's the big talking point the Democrats are using now. They're insisting this was bribery. I've got kind of a long clip here. This is John Ratcliffe, an experienced prosecutor, going after that argument. And this was all about quid pro quo, according to the whistleblower complaint. 
But after witness after witness began saying there was no quid pro quo or even that quid pro quo was not even possible, we saw a shift from the Democrats. They briefly started to refer to the president's conduct on the July 25th call as extortion. And now it shifted again last week to bribery. Ms. Williams, um, you used the word unusual to describe the president's uh, call last uh, on July 25th. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman used the word inappropriate and proper. Now, I word searched each of your transcripts, and the word bribery or bribe doesn't appear anywhere in that. Ms. Williams, you didn't, you've never used the word bribery or bribe to uh, explain President Trump's conduct, correct? No, sir. Colonel Vindman, you haven't either. That is correct. The problem is, in an impeachment inquiry that the Speaker of the House says is all about bribery, where bribery is the impeachable offense, no witness has used the word bribery to describe President Trump's conduct. None of them. None of them. This whole bribery was focus grouped by the Democrats to see, you know, what would work best in their impeachment jihad. And so they, uh, they went from quid pro quo to extortion, and now they've settled on bribery because uh, they think that will, you know, excite the base. Bribery in, in this case is in their um their, you know, uh, case is that the president offered to withhold money if the Ukrainians didn't take certain actions. Well, I would certainly hope that the president would put conditions in the national interest on on our military aid. But uh, Ratcliffe wasn't through. The number of times witnesses have used the word bribery or bribe to describe President Trump's conduct in the last six weeks of this inquiry is zero. In fact, in these 3,500 pages of sworn deposition testimony and just these 10 transcripts released thus far, the word bribery appears in these 3,500 pages exactly one time. And ironically, it appears not in a description of President Trump's alleged conduct. It appears in a description of Vice President Biden's alleged <laughs> conduct. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's weird how every time they they they're they're like um, Wiley Coyote going after the Roadrunner. Every time they embark on one of these get Trump efforts, it always boomerangs right back on them. And what it's basically done this whole whistleblower um, impeachment saga is exposed Joe Biden for his corruption in the Ukraine. And, um, and Ratcliffe referred there, you know, to bribery appearing in the, uh, in the transcripts only in reference to Joe Biden. And, and I'm sure they were talking about this right here when Joe Biden was appearing before the council on foreign relations bragging about, well, Listen for yourself. 
I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. He got fired. That's that's the case the, that we're not allowed to look into, that the Democrats and their media mouthpieces and sifts has already been looked into and no corruption found there. We know that the prosecutor that was fired says that he was, in fact, investigating Burisma. And that after he was fired, the investigation into Burisma was dropped. Those are facts. They actually asked Vindeman about that. So Vindeman, who listened to the Trump call that was <laughs> in in the, the most... Uh, Democrat frenzy reading of the the call was nothing compared to what we know about Joe Biden, but they asked Vindman about the the real video of Joe Biden saying that he was going to withhold a billion dollars unless Ukraine fired the prosecutor investigating uh, uh, Burisma, and uh, Vindman said that uh, he couldn't see anything wrong with that. There was, there was nothing wrong with that. That didn't excite him. That wouldn't have prompted him to go to the whistleblower with these tales of corruption. And throughout this, you know, they've asked these Democrat um, witnesses, you know, about the Ukraine's involvement in 2016 and Biden's blatant corruption. None of them were even, most of them weren't even aware of it, they, they claim. Didn't even know about it. Apparently, these are people that are supposed to be deep subject matter experts in the Ukraine. Didn't know about Biden's uh, uh, leveraging a billion dollars in financial aid, non-lethal, by the way, in order to get the prosecutor fired. Didn't know about the well-reported instances of the Ukraine's interference in the 2016 election. And now that, um, you know, this is starting to be a real issue, the, the media has settled on their strategy. They're going to discredit any uh, journalist that dares to report on this. And they're starting with John Solomon, who, who reported on this, along with Peter Schweitzer and others, for years, and has been published in a lot of their, uh, you know, their mainstream outlets, they're trying to memory hole all of that and say that any of that reporting is now suspect and constitutes conspiracy theories. Devin Nunes uh, talked about how the media have have really degraded themselves in all of this. After trying out several different accusations against President Trump, the Democrats have recently settled on bribery. 
According to widespread reports, they replaced their quid pro quo allegation because it wasn't polling well. But if the Democrats and the media are suddenly so deeply concerned about bribery, you would think they would take some interest in Burisma paying Hunter Biden $83,000 a month. And you think they would be interested in Joe Biden threatening to withhold U.S. loan guarantees unless the Ukrainians fired a prosecutor who was investigating Burisma. That would be a textbook example of bribery. The media, of course, are free to act as Democrat puppets, and they're free to lurch from the Russia hoax to the Ukraine hoax at the direction of their puppet masters. But they cannot reasonably expect to do so without alienating half the country who voted for the president they're trying to expel. Americans have learned to recognize fake news when they see it, and if the mainstream press won't give it to them straight, they'll go elsewhere to find it which is exactly what the American people are doing. And that's what's behind this effort to suppress and censor the alternative media on Google and YouTube and Facebook and all of these other outlets. If you don't tow the Democrat line, they're going to try to shut you up, and they're busy doing that to me right now. But someone needs to take this whole uh, impeachment effort out behind the barn and put it out of its misery. It's, uh, it's boring. It's not going to work. It's just dragging this country through the mud. And watching all this, you, you could only think to yourself, if only there were some, some of these deep state bureaucrats as enthusiastic about securing our border and protecting our citizens as there are for protecting the Ukrainians and their borders. They're way more focused on confronting Russia than protecting America. That takes us to the end of this edition. I want to thank you for joining us. And invite you back here again tomorrow, right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network for another edition of Right Now. I'll talk to you then. Santa's dropping off way more than you expected this year. Thanks to Xfinity, the whole family can enjoy great coverage and fast, reliable internet speed up to gig, all at a great value. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods, like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.